podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Welcome to this last episode of the Our Stories series that we've done this year to give you a little bit more insight about the lives of us podcasters and how the Lord has worked in them. And today, Nicole Richard is getting to share her story, and she's talking all about patience, specifically in the context of her vocation story. So this is going to be a great episode to listen to, especially if you are in that time of discernment. And we talk a lot about what it means to know that every single vocation story, every single way that the Lord works in our lives is unique to us. And Nicole shares really beautifully and profoundly about that. So we hope you enjoy and God bless. Hey everyone, I'm Erin. I'm Rachel. And I'm Nicole. Yay, and welcome to In the Thicket, everybody. How are you doing, ladies? Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind Rachel. of sleepy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just woke up. We are recording right now. It's like almost 10 and I woke up when Aaron called me to be like, "Hey, we're recording at 9:30." And I was like, "Right. I'm sleeping, but <laughs> I'm going to so do this." Um, yeah, cuz I w- I went to a friend's bachelorette party last night, which mm-hmm. was it wasn't like wild and crazy. It was really lovely <laughs> and fun and um uh we were at an Airbnb in, near Niagara on the lake in Ontario. And, um, we played some super fun, like games. Like one of them was draw your friend, like as a bride, but blindfolded. Have you guys ever played that? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. It's really mm-hmm. funny. So anyways, yeah, that's a good one. So I was a little sleepy. This yeah. Yeah. Which is funny <laughs> though, because both of you guys were like out gallivanting last night. Like Nicole was at a <laughs> Gala? It's true. I was. So the University Catholic, which is kind of the um, network of Catholic chaplaincies in Nashville at all the different universities, mm-hmm. um, in Nashville and the surrounding area, actually, like kind of middle Tennessee, um, they have an annual like fundraising gala. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Nathan and I went to that, which because I'm the I'm the faculty advisor for the Belmont Catholic Students Club. So mm-hmm. I know some of the students and stuff. Um, it was lovely. And I was I was telling Aaron this before we recorded. It was, you know how sometimes gala events can be really like boring and there's a lot of talking and stuff. This one was just like very well structured. It was just like there was live music. Okay. Oh, Aaron's showing a picture on YouTube oh, right you guys now. Look awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, showing a picture so of me. I know. Right? I love it. It's like mm-hmm. a red Thank carpet. You. Sweet. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. It was fun. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. also last night I sat in my pajamas and crocheted <laughs> in a chair and watched Grey's Anatomy for a bit. Nice. So that was basically so this is the that's good. And I pet my cat so that was also good. anyways um <laughs> so here's we wanted to ask you guys a question because we were talking about wedding stuff and um in the prairies like i saw a thing on social media for a friend who lives in the prairies about their social their wedding social so um and then we were like rachel do you know what it is and she does not so nicole no. uh oh, maybe, yeah. maybe get you to share a little bit you know so sure okay, in ontario like my cousin had one sometimes it's called a buck and doe do you know what a buck and doe oh is, yeah Rachel? yeah yeah okay I've so heard about those. yeah similar thing yeah. so yeah nicole you tell wedding me what, socials yeah well it's so funny it's a it's a very specifically manitoba thing and there's even like legislation related to it but wow. a couple will have um 
like a part, big party to raise money for your wedding. And Mm -hmm. you invite absolutely everyone. You invite every single one of your coworkers, even the ones you've never met, you invite all of your friends and they, you tell them to invite their friends. Mm -hmm. You charge $10 a ticket. You're not allowed to charge anymore. Um, it's usually held at like a local community center. Um, you sell beer for like three bucks, uh, red, you know, whatever those like beer. So low cups, yeah. Low cups. There you go. Um, and then there's a big, there's a dance and then you do like a huge silent auction. And so usually you purchase like a few big things, like a big TV or like tickets to an NHL game or things like that. And then people, you know, you raffle those off and then you have a bunch of other prizes, um, from rather random businesses. So like Manitoba businesses basically have, like, they know that every year they're going to get tons of requests for social donations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can go to businesses and just ask for their social packet or whatever. And then they give you <laughs> whatever it is, like a gift certificate or, um, some merchandise. And then you use that in your that's auction. So yeah. That's the it's thing. A beast. Like, honestly, when, yeah, I, when I was in crazy. Manitoba, I was like, what? is this? Cause yeah. I went to a social that had 400 people at it. Yeah. Wow. 400 people, which I mean, at $10 a pop, that's how much is that? 400, $4,000. Yeah. And then you hopefully sales. you're making money. Yeah. 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 So and the they, raffle ticket stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they ended up raising like $20,000 um, from this thing. Yeah. Between all the beer sales and between all the like it was, there might've been even more people than that at this thing. Anyways, that's I was so like, that's a social. You know, the, and there's like a part of me that's like very conflicted about it. Like, mm, like okay. Like you're having a wedding and it's great, but pay it's, for your wedding. It's a very cultural thing. I'm guessing because it's it very is, different. Yeah. It's a very different, I think. So I did experience this when I was in university um, at Western in London, Ontario, where, where like, I had friends, I don't know if they were from the prairies or where they were from, like, but this is definitely, I think they didn't call it a social though. So probably not from prairies. Um, and it, I'm like Indian culture is like the opposite, you know, where you like, like you like, like people sometimes I think like borrow money to like have a wedding that, you know, Mm -hmm. that because it's like a a show of hospitality or something. So like you don't, fundraising for your wedding is a very different, it's like just a foreign idea, but it kind of sounds like, it almost sounds like it's, um, like a club or something like a party that you, you know, if you, it's literally anyone like including strangers who can come, it's just like, Oh cool. There's a party and it's 10 bucks basically, you know, to get in cheap alcohol dancing, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like, I don't know, Manitoba culture too, like Southern Manitoba. Um, there's a lot, it's, there's like thriftiness is valued and there's a lot of emphasis on community as well. Mm -hmm. So I think there's like a perfect storm of things that people are like, yeah, this is it. But there is, there is a lot of social pressure to like buy social tickets. Mm. If if it's offered to you, you should buy one. Like, and if you don't, it's like, why didn't, you know, so there's, there's a little bit of that too, of like, even if you're not going to it, like, even if you're not going like, yeah, yeah. You should buy a ticket and people will jokingly be like, Oh, did you buy your ticket yet? Like every day for a long time. And you'd like, so, so you like kind of, you know, it's just like an expectation that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of this half end of this ticket. I mean, anyway, yeah. so <laughs> listeners, cool. you're welcome to weigh in <laughs> socials. Have you heard Would of you them? Would you do it or not? not? Would you yeah. do it? Would you not? Yeah, but this is really our topic for the day in <laughs> socials. <laughs> socials and it's all connected. Kind of marriage right. vocation. And because today we get to hear from the lovely Nicole. So um, if you are just listening to this episode, we this season of In the Thicket, we wanted to have a chance because we have listeners who we don't actually know personally 
for you to hear a little bit more about our own stories and why we ended up getting involved in this podcast and the kinds of suffering or joy and things that have been part of our lives and whatever. So um, we had my episode, I talked about um, my experience with fibromyalgia. With Rachel's episode, she talked about vulnerability and her walk with that. So you can listen to those. And today, Nicole is going to share a little bit about patience. So I'm just going to turn it over to you, Nicole, and you can just uh, start off and tell us a little bit about your story. Sure. All right. Um, this is kind of fun because it's, you know, it's really easy to talk about yourself mostly, you know, so this is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, my kind of stories is related to vocation and patients. Um, so a little bit of background first, um, as like just in general growing up and throughout, I would say throughout my kind of teens and twenties, I had an idea of vocation that was, um, you know, God wants a certain path for me and God has a certain plan for me and I need to figure out what that is. Mm. Um, and whenever I thought about vocation, I was very stressed and anxious because I didn't know what that path was. And, um, I didn't know that that vocation also involves like to, to figure quote unquote, figure out God's mm -hmm. path for you involves actually coming into, um, knowledge of your own self and your own desires that God has placed there. Um, and I was afraid of my own desires because I thought that that's not how God led me that whatever I really desired that, um, that that meant that God would not give me that thing because life is supposed to be sacrifice and heart or something. It was mm -hmm. just, you know, I don't know really how, where those ideas came from. Um, certainly it's not something that I was like indoctrinated with, you know, but, but somehow that's kind of what I was thinking. But, mm -hmm. um, but I, I grew to a point where in my late twenties, so this is when I was living in Toronto at the Newman center. Um, Aaron, I think one of the, I guess it was the second year when I was a, a student, when I was, yeah, student campus minister there. Mm -hmm. um, I, there was a, I really, you know, I realized, I was starting to realize that I desired marriage. I was starting to realize that that was there. And I, I couldn't say that out loud for a long time. Like I desire marriage. That was terrifying to me, but I was coming to a point where I could like articulate this and wasn't as afraid to say it. But I also, hadn't really dated that much. I had dated a little bit once one person when I was like 23 for like three months. And that was it. Like that was all of my dating experience by the time I was 28. And so, um, so I remember, uh, Pentecost 2019, uh, at the Newman center and, um, Diane, who is like a cornerstone of, of the Newman center parish in mm -hmm. Toronto. She's like a um, tour de force. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. She's wonderful. Uh, she had the kids do this, um, the, the kids at mass, they, the sort of liturgy um, of the word for children or whatever, they made little, um, like doves with the fruits of the spirit on them. And then after mass, uh, they put all these, these little paper doves face down in a basket and all they gave all the prisoners. They said, okay, everybody pick one. And you see which fruit of the spirit, you know, you can think about or whatever, <laughs> meditate on. And so I was like, okay, like what I had been praying about that day was, was vocation being like, Lord, where, okay. I, I know I desire this, but like, I'm not meeting anyone and I don't really know what I'm supposed to do, what I'm you know, so, okay, what, what am I supposed to do here? So I don't know. I, had, I forget exactly what I prayed, but some sort of prayer relating to vocation. And I picked out a dove and it said patience. And I was just like, 
Oh no. (laughs) 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 But I, I put that little, you know, the little dove on my wall. I always have a a wall with like different cards and when people send me pictures of their Christmas pictures, their kids and all of that, I put it on my wall and different cards people give me. So I put that on my wall with, with those things. Um, and so I, I, um, I just kind of like, yeah, just held on to that. And later that summer, I decided that I would, um, you know, friends were encouraging me to, they're like, if you actually want a date, you have to take steps to put yourself out there and, and all of these things. You can't just wait for someone to just show up or something, you know, if you're just studying all the time in your room, like, you know, <laughs> um, and so I like joined Catholic match and, uh, I dated someone on there and that relationship didn't work out, but I, you know, grew a lot and learned a lot. Um, uh, and it, it kind of started, I started really coming to know myself a little bit better because you really start to know yourself when you're in a relationship with another person, another person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was in another relationship after that, and that also didn't work out. And so by this point I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm in it. I'm in this dating world and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing what this patience thing means because at first mm-hmm. I was like, went on Catholic match, started dating someone. I'm like, Oh wow, this patient's actually didn't. This this is this is faster than I thought. Like maybe yeah. I picked the wrong little dove thing. Like I mean, obviously you don't want to put too much stock in paper doves that you pick from a basket. <laughs> sure, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it was it somehow felt meaningful to me. So, mm. um, anyway, fast forward to, um, Christmas of or fall of of twenty nineteen now. Um, no, so then it would have been eight 2018, the Pentecost. So Pentecost yeah. 2018, and then I dated and then now fall of 2019. So, uh, which is when I met Nathan at Aaron's, uh, consecration mass. And at that time I was very vehemently taking a break from dating and I met Nathan and I was like, actually the day that I met Nathan, it was funny. I always tell people this story. I had just ended, um, the relationship that I had been in that summer and mm. like a week prior or something like that, or no, like a couple weeks prior, but just like very recently. Um, and I remember coming to the church and just being like, Lord, thank you that I'm just, just single today and just here with you. And, you know, I'm like, I was thinking even like, okay, Aaron's doing this like single consecrated thing. Like who knows, maybe that's what the Lord will call. Like, maybe I'll find it. I, I don't know, but just like, Lord, thank you that I'm single. And then the thought popped into my mind, like, what if I met someone today? And then immediately I was like, no, like Jesus wouldn't do that to me. Like he wouldn't do that to me. <laughs> when I met Nathan after mass that day, um, and we're getting married now. So, um, <laughs> um, so anyway, so we met and we, we became friends, but I was pretty clear with him multiple times that I was not, mm. not interested in dating, but he just, he just kind of stuck around and was like friends with me and we studied together. And, um, and eventually in December we started dating. Okay. So that's all the preamble. Sorry. I know this is no, a while. that's great. the preamble. So here's, here is where some of the, um, you know, I like to say that 2019 was my 2020 because it was kind of a hard year in a lot of ways, mm. but, um, when I started dating Nathan, he was very different than, than other guys that I dated and what I was looking for in other relationships and what I really needed, um, turned out to be kind of different in many ways. Mm. So, um, when I started dating Nathan, a couple of things were happening. One is that I felt like I could be completely myself in this relationship, um, that I was loved for who I was and, 
that there was, um, whereas in other relationships, I had I'd ended them f- with um, feeling hurt and kind of wounded and needed to process things and kind of go through some therapy and work through stuff. Mm. With Nathan, it was like um, I was uh, I was being more healed in that relationship. Mm. Um, things that he would say. Um, I remember being insecure about um, being kind of a quiet person and that having been kind of an issue in past relationships that I was too quiet or whatever. Mm. Um, and I remember hanging out with Nathan one time and I was just sort of being my quiet self and then apologizing for that. And he looked at me like confused and he was like, I, I just like being with you. Like, I don't, that's, I just like being with you, you know? And for me just being like, that was so, that was so touching. And then I remember going and praying uh, the next morning, doing my morning prayer in the chapel. And I'd always felt like, guilty about prayer. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm not doing prayer in the right way. And da, da, da. And I felt like the Lord was like, remember what Nathan said last night? Like, he just likes being with you. That is what I've been trying to get across to you. Like, I just like being with you. You don't have to be this perfect prayer person. I just like being with you. So there was just like healing coming from this relationship. So, so beautiful. Um, but what I started to, what started to come up and it was probably, um, related to some of my own, um, anxiety related to vocation all along was that whenever, um, whenever I would get a glimpse of, of anything in Nathan that related to any of his imperfections, just as a human, I would be overwhelmed with tremendous anxiety. Um, and my mind would kind of like, I would fixate on that one thing and I would kind of spin and think about it and, Um, and I would just, it would kind of blow it way out of proportion. And I would kind of extrapolate far into the future of like, oh my gosh, if if this is, if this small thing happened now, what's it going to be like in the future or whatever. Um, Mm. and so, uh, and it was, and then when I was anxious, it, it, um, it, it kind of cut off my uh, ability to feel any sense of connection or love for him. And I would feel like, I don't know, I'm dating him. I should just break up with him. Mm. And so I would, I was, um, I would go on these like very dramatic, uh, pendulum swings from feeling like when I was calm and when I wasn't anxious, just feeling so happy and settled. And, you know, even though things were, you know, the regular kind of stuff you work through in a relationship, just like knowing that this is so good and that, mm. um, there's just, it's so beautiful. And then, so go swinging from that to, um, like lying in bed for hours, worrying and not being able to get out of bed and crying almost uncontrollably and feeling like I need to break up with him and being with him and not being able to like, just being so anxious, just being out of like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really know what that was and I didn't know what to do with it. I thought it meant that you know, maybe this is my sort of gut telling me that this is not the right relationship because, you know, it shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't, I shouldn't be having these reactions. Um, and, um, yeah, so it was, it was tough. And this, you know, I, every time that I really seriously thought, okay, you know what, like, I can't handle this. Like, this is, this is too much. I need to just end this relationship then I would be overcome with so much sadness. Mm. Um, and then I would also like not be able to get out of bed. Like I would just be so sad because, you know, deeper than the anxiety was this feeling of 
of like knowing that, like that I loved him, mm-hmm. but it was like, I wasn't able to access this all the time. Um, yeah. cause it was overwhelmed by this anxiety. So I remember you saying that yeah. like, on lots of occasions, like, but I don't feel called to be like out of this relationship, but yeah, like, I don't feel called to end it. You know, like yeah. that was like a constant through all of that stuff. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what it was. I would go, I would, you know, I talked to so I talked to our secret care partner about this all the time and um, to sort of some trusted friends and family. Um, but this, you know, this went on for, for two years. Like I dated him and was having these pendulum swings for two years. And, you know, I, sh- I shared this with stuff with him. So he knew exactly mm-hmm. what I was going through and, um, and, uh, but it was just, yeah, it was hard. And then, so whenever I would talk about it in spiritual direction, um, they would say, well, like maybe, yeah, maybe do like a pros and cons list, like just be really practical. And I would, um, I'd be like, okay, pros and cons of like breaking up with him. And then pros and cons of like moving towards marriage, because also like three Mm -hmm. or four months in Nathan was like, okay, just want you to know, like no pressure at all, but like, I would like to marry you. Like, this is where I'm at. (laughs) So I was like, which was, which was in a sense, it was a real blessing because I didn't have Mm -hmm. to have the anxiety of not knowing where he's at and trying to figure it out. Like Mm -hmm. I knew exactly where he was at. He was very open with that, but there was never any pressure. Yeah. Um, That's so beautiful. There's never any Mm -hmm. pressure. So I just had to figure out my own stuff. So I, my two kind of options that I always compared was breaking up or getting married. Mm. And for two years, both of those options, I knew they were not the right one. Mm. So the only other option that I didn't like was just to be patient and wait Mm. and continue dating and persist and just kind of keep going. Um, So yeah, (laughs) that was like, (laughs) you know, and I remember talking with you ladies about this. Um, Yeah. And what was the turning point for you? Like, cause I remember there was, there was some, some pretty. There was some like, stuff that happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, let me share one thing kind of the, at the midpoint of this and then I'll share the turning point, but there were, there were a couple times, um, where I, I was like done. It was too emotionally exhausting for me. I just couldn't, I just felt like I can't handle this anymore. Mm. And I remember one time we'd been dating for about a year and I, I just prayed. I was like, Lord, you have to give me some, if you want me to stay dating him, you have to give me some sort of extremely clear sign, like in the next couple hours, because Mm -hmm. I cannot handle this. I am, I am too stressed. I'm too anxious. Yeah. Um, and like within a couple hours, I got a random Facebook message from, um, this girl that I'd met at a music therapy conference, like a few years prior Um, and it turns out that she had been good friends with, um, Nathan's, uh, with a good friend of Nathan's who had, had passed away, um, shortly before Nathan and I met. And, uh, and he was a really like, just a really vibrant, um, dedicated Catholic, wonderful man. Uh, Stevie Biddle is his name. I never met him, but I've heard Nathan's, you know, shared lots about him. So she knew Stevie Biddle and she knew me. Um, and through Stevie, she'd heard about Nathan because Stevie and Nathan were friends. Um, and so she wrote me this message and was like, Hey, I noticed, um, you know, I think I had made a post about Nathan at some point. Um, she's like, I noticed that you two are dating. And I just like, I was so, it was just so beautiful to see that two people from completely different circles of my life have found each other. Um, she's like, I didn't know Nathan well, but Stevie always talked highly about him and how he's just such a good man. And, um, I'm just, you know, just happy you guys have found each other. (laughs) 
And, there, and she said something like, it's like, you know, a, it feels like a little, um, uh, I forget the exact words, but like a little message or a little wave from Stevie from, from the other side That's of heaven, so you know? funny. Yeah. And clear. Yeah. I was like, okay. I asked for it, you know? Um, so there were, you know, there were times that I, I just had to kind of persist in the, and the discomfort of, of whatever the situation was in. But, but then there were times right when I felt like I couldn't handle it. And I just asked the Lord for something really clear. And he did give me those things to kind of keep me going, you know? Um, I think it's so, um, I so appreciate you sharing like so vulnerably and so openly about this because in our idea of vocation and even in sort of like how a lot of people's relationships go or like marriage works, there's sort of like a natural trajectory. And I think we all think that, you know, there's an ideal way in which you would like to meet someone and how you think God would speak to you and all these things, but it's, it can be so much more complicated than that. And I think you, I think as a woman, like, I mean, I'm relating from even a different perspective where like just your story, your vocation story doesn't fit any kind of mold or any kind of narrative that anyone has ever told you about. And you're kind of like, I really appreciate that you persisted in your discernment because it was such a tough discernment because this, the way that God was speaking to you no one else could, could explain that. No one else could be like, oh yeah, he spoke to me like that. And this is the way that it worked for me. I mean, there was, there were touch points. I know, like even with our two stories, when we would share that you were like, yeah, okay, this is speaking to me right now or, and vice versa. And that happened with different friends and different people, but it really required an openness to God leading you down a path that was just not familiar to you or to many people that you knew, Mm -hmm. which is extra scary because you know, people think like, okay, you meet the right person and, and you, you either you just like know, clear, whatever, you just right, know. Yeah. and, and I, th- I know other people where they were like, yeah, God was just, I just had to stay in the relationship, but, but it wasn't like, I think it's always a little, it's, it's different for, for everyone and embracing the unique kind of situation that you were in and just trusting mm-hmm. that God was working with you in this unique way. And yeah. not being, not let, like letting that stress of, or the pressure of not fitting a mold yeah. impact you, even though it was so hard, I think is really beautiful and really good. And I think we need to, everybody needs to be like, yeah, okay. It's okay. It doesn't fit what I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, it's still, it's, it's good. And I need to just keep going with that. You know, I yeah. think that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah. And I, I really did feel that like that, that, um, you know, I mean, I've read all the Catholic dating books and all the, you know, I was listening to different podcasts about dating and like discerning marriage and all these things because I was, I was searching and I, I didn't find anything where my story was reflected. Mm-hmm. Um, all I found, you know, a lot of the stories that I heard were like, oh yeah, you know, um, Catholics who met in, you know, in their thirties and they just within like four months, they realized like, yeah, this is the right person. And they got married because, you know, when you, I remember hearing in one podcast that was, it's a great podcast, but it, it just didn't, mm-hmm. um, it didn't speak to me. But, and the, the, um, the person was saying like, you know, it's like really when you're, when you're in your thirties, like you just know yourself better and you're able to just discern all that more quickly. Um, and that's, you know, the end, as if like, this is what we can expect from Catholics in their thirties. And I was just like, well, screw me then. Like, um, (laughs) like, I don't, I don't fit this. I guess I'm, I guess I'm messed up. I guess I'm, there's something wrong with me. And yet, and so it was, 
which is hard. And so, but that's, that is exactly that, Rachel, that I, I had to keep coming back to um, like, okay, I have learned about discernment. I have a spiritual director. Mm-hmm. I have, um, I, I know that I'm not at peace with the idea of breaking up with him. I know that I'm not at peace with the idea of moving into marriage right now. Mm-hmm. So the only other option is to keep dating him. And I'm okay with that, but I'm afraid that I'm wrong. Mm. But I actually was at peace with that idea of continuing to date. So just yeah. trusting that even if that doesn't make sense, and even if kind of, you know, you start to, you know, you can, if you start sharing with people like, Oh yeah, I'm going through this. And then like a year later, like I'm still going through this. And then like a year later, you're like, I'm still going through this. They're like, well, like make a decision already. And you're like, I cannot, like, I am not ready for that yet. Yeah. And so it felt, it was very lonely at times too, but, but yeah, just that the Lord was calling me. He's like, I'm not, you're, you know, there's not a specific way that Catholics are going to date and fall in love and get married. There is not one way. There is no formula for it. Um, the formula is follow Jesus and um, do good discernment. And that's then that's your story is going to look like what it's going to look yeah. like, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So. The, the other thought I had too was um, that I think knowing our hearts is so sometimes, and obviously this can happen in relationship and in marriage and, and um, you know, in any context, like if you're single, if you're married, you're, you're always, we're always growing to understand and, and ourselves the way that the Lord is calling us to, but it's so complicated. Like, I think, you know, I, I don't know how guys are with this. Maybe it's a guy girl thing or something. Maybe not. I don't want to say that it is, you know, maybe it's not a guy girl thing, but as a woman, I feel like so many situations have happened in my life where I did not expect my reaction to be what it was. Like mm-hmm. my own reaction to the situation surprised me. Like I didn't know, yeah. I, I knew so little of myself that I was surprised yeah. by myself. In that situation. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I had to like, and, and usually <clears throat> that reaction was telling about my, about a wound or something that had happened to me that I wasn't aware of in any way. And Mm -hmm. had to unpack in spiritual direction, all kinds of things. And it's like, wow. Like, you know, the whole thing where like people talk about like women are a mystery, like men can't understand us. I'm like, yeah, you know, no wonder men can't understand us. Like I can't understand myself. Like (laughs) I'm a mystery. I'm a legit mystery Mm -hmm. to myself half the time. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's like, it's kind of a shocking thing to realize like, oh, wow, I, I really don't know myself yeah. in a certain sense. Yeah. And I you think, know? thanks for saying that. I think that was a big, um, a big thing for me was that I didn't have a lot of self-knowledge about myself related to just myself and then how I relate to others in the context of a dating relationship. I just didn't because I hadn't dated a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when I was going through all this and dating Nathan, um, I started going to counseling, um, to a wonderful therapist in, in Toronto. And, you know, I wanted, I wanted her to, I wanted her to tell me what to do. I wanted yeah. to know, but what she helped me to do was just to, you know, I'd come to her and be like, I'm so anxious about this. And then she would help me unpack like where that's coming from and what are the deeper fears here and what am I actually feeling? And so the fruit of all of this was that I, um, I grew to know myself and then I was able to communicate better with Nathan where like about whatever, something that I was actually feeling or thinking. Um, 
because usually the anxiety wasn't related to nothing. There was actually something, there was like a kernel of something that was maybe an issue in the relationship, but I, it would be blown way out of proportion. And so, um, so I had to come to know, okay, well, what is, is there an actual issue here? And, you know, okay, I'm reacting, overreacting to it. So what is that coming from? Where are, where is my own woundedness coming into play here? My own fears, a lot of fears. Um, and so I grew a lot in self-knowledge and, and then, and then, communication with Nathan through all of this yeah so this is good I'm coming back to the because I'm yes. like done what is the turning, the turning point, point. Like, what happened? Like- yes 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 <laughs> yes okay um so last so Christmas 2021 just a few mm-hmm. months ago um we were uh, we were spent Christmas with Nathan's parents up in in northern Virginia um, which was really lovely. And I, you know, I had a lot of anxiety around meeting his family because it was like, well, I don't know if we're going to get married or not. And if I meet his family, I just all this stuff. But anyway, so I was still, but, they, but they're so lovely. And so it was a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, but you know, yeah, just these up and down of anxiety and also just like being real here, like with my menstrual cycle too, when I was mm-hmm. right before my period PMSing, it was much hard. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. more emotional dysregulation <laughs> yeah. too. And so, um, it was also like trying to navigate all these things, right. Our bodies, our physiological cycles have mm-hmm. an effect on this too sometimes. Um, uh, and that I was remembering that cause it happened at Christmas where I was like super anxious. And then, then Nathan, I've told him he's allowed to ask, are you PMSing? He loved to ask it once. <laughs> if I say yes, then great. If I say no, then he can't ask follow-up questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and so anyway, um, but we, I, I had the idea, um, I said, Nathan wanted to pray a novena to our lady endure of knots leading up to January 1st, feast of Mary, mm-hmm. mother of God. And so we had done this novena together before, um, two or three times, I think in our relationship, which by the way, when I'd prayed this novena in other relationships, it always ended up with me breaking up with that person after the novena, Very interesting, yes. which is when it's Nathan, like we ended up not breaking up each time. So I was like, okay, so Mary likes this guy <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> anyway. So we're going to pray this novena. And so we did. And, uh, um, you know, kind of, I was just, there was, yeah, anxiety throughout it and off and on, but on January 1st, the last day of our novena, I remember waking up that morning and feeling like completely peaceful for the first time in months. Mm -hmm. Like it was like there, there was calm in my mind. Um, just kind of like this oasis or. I don't know, (laughs) the eye of the hurricane or whatever, like when you're in that just piece. And I was, it was like so striking to me because it was such a contrast from what I'd been through. Um, And in that calm, the only thing that I knew that I was confident of was like, I would love to marry Nathan. This is wonderful. I, this is what I desire. Um, And so then I, but then I was like, well, this is quite different than my last couple of years. <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything to him right away. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't want to, I don't know. I just wanted to be careful with that and discern it. Yeah. So I journaled and I prayed. And then the next morning I woke up still feeling the same way, still feeling this desire. So I was like, okay, I, maybe I should talk to him. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, um, but I was like, Lord, you need to, I need to process this with someone. And I don't really know who to process this with. So let me know who to call or better yet. And I was just sort of praying this in my mind. I was like lying in bed in the morning. Um, I was like, better yet, maybe can you uh, just have someone call me? And as I was starting to just like think this and pray this, my sister, um, Cecile from Ireland, FaceTimed me. So I was like, 
okay. So <laughs> I picked the phone and, and talked to her and, you know, my sister has two children and so she's a busy mama. And often when we call, it's just like a quick chit chat. And then one of the kids will be doing something and she has to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but we called and she, she's asking how I was doing. And then she specifically asked like, how's your relationship? Like, where, where are you guys at? You know, which she normally doesn't have time. We don't have usually time to go into that. So I was like, okay, this is cool. So I just shared with her what had been happening, that I was feeling this new piece and reading the subpoena. Um, I was like, what do you think? Like, should I, should I tell him? Like, this is how I'm feeling. And so she, she just turned, she's like, yeah, like, of course, tell him. She's like, it's not like you've been dating for three weeks. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I want to marry him. She's like, you've been dating for over two years. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely share this with him. Um, and then she, she started, she kind of chuckled and she says, oh, you, you want to know what the phone's leaning up against right now? So she had her, she was washing dishes or something and she had her cell phone, you know, on FaceTime propped up against a statue of Our Lady and Doer of Knots. Of course she did. And yeah, yeah which was just like, just like a little, you know, kind of nice little sign. And so awesome. I was like, okay. So we you know, hung up with her and Nathan was on his way over so that we could meet at my place and then go to mass. Um, and so I was like, well, what should I, I should, I want to tell him that I'm feeling like this. Um, and so I did, <laughs> I put on the dress that I was wearing when I first met him. Um, and I like cleaned my kitchen hurriedly. And then I like put nice music on and then I, he came in the door. And so I told him, uh, I told him, I think I told him, Oh no, he had texted me and was like, I have a surprise for you this morning. He had donuts. Um, and then I texted him back and was like, I have a surprise for you too. And then, um, so then I told him what this is where I was at and, and it was just a a good conversation. And then that was, you know, January 2nd this year. And then last day of February, February 27th, he proposed. So yeah, that is, (laughs) that was a turning point. Um, yeah. Oh, and I, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I was just going to say like, it's, I feel like sometimes we, when we're discerning things, we discern things ahead of God. Like we discern into the future, like, Lord, what is your will for me four months from now? Mm. As opposed to saying, what is your will for me now? Like right now in this moment, Mm -hmm. you know, and not that we can't have some sense of direction because the Lord gives that too. And he gives the desires, like you said, like realizing the desires for marriage and all of those kind of things. But that's a different thing. Like that's part of even what we're discerning now. Like I have Mm. these desires. I think this is where you're pointing me now. What do you want me to do? Yes. Now, what are you asking me to do? And you have a real gift for that, Nicole, for like returning to that, like consistently, like, Lord, what do you want me to do now? What are you (laughs) calling me to do now? you know yeah yeah and that's like that's the fruit like this is the fruit yeah come from it that's what i learned i think yeah Yeah. because i am someone who likes to think 10 steps ahead and i you know uh, often but in relationship stuff i that's you have to just be in the moment (laughs) and that's that was the hard lesson for me i think Mm -hmm. um the other thing i i think that i want to mention um so yeah you know our lady of endure of knots novena so much grace through that. So wonderful. Um, but also just on the human psychological side, um, in December, like kind of last year in the weeks leading up to, to us praying that novena, um, my younger sister who herself, she has OCD and has had like relationship related anxiety, um, and kind of follows all these different YouTube people and learns about, you know, kind of all these things. She sent me a video on relationship OCD 
And um, although I didn't have any kind of official diagnosis of that, I recognize a lot of those the thought patterns and the fears. Um, in this one video, the, the girl was saying, you know, do you, do you ever feel you know anxious about different aspects of your relationship? And then you start to fixate on it and you start to question, you know, is this my gut telling me this is the right relationship uh, or the wrong relationship and all of these things. And it was like, she was art, she was narrating verbatim what goes on in my brain. Mm. Um, and so that was a blessing for me. And I, and I actually started going to a new therapist who specialized in, um, anxiety and relationship related, uh, anxiety, um, in December. And that was hugely helpful as well. Mm. Um, because I, what it made me realize is, oh, maybe all of these thoughts and anxieties are not related to the, this being a bad relationship, but that there's actually um, a psychological difficulty that I'm having related to some of the ways that I think and process that um, that's basically tripping me up (laughs) and that that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the issue. And that I don't, I, that I don't have to listen to those thoughts, Mm -hmm. that those thoughts may come and go, but I don't have to listen to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was, that was a turning point for me too, because I will say that after those two days in January of peace, a lot of those anxious thoughts came back and, mm-hmm. and it's, and I have had like moments of struggle with them since then, but a combination, I think of just a, a pure grace and gift from the Lord and um, growing in more deeply of understanding kind of how my brain works. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, I've had more grace to, to recognize when an anxious thought pattern is kind of being triggered and occurring and that I'm going down some sort of anxious rabbit hole um, happens more when I'm tired. I don't have as much kind of control over my, my thoughts and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can recognize that more and I can notice, uh, okay, this thought it's going to be there for a bit. I don't have to enter into it. I don't have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a thought in my red, you know? So, so there is free. Like, I just, you have freedom. You have freedom. Yeah. I have more freedom. I'm not in the anxiety anymore. I sort of, I can observe it happening. So it's a combination of like, I think, yeah, this grace and like the concrete psychological help. I think that was, yeah. that was needed. My goodness. Yeah. I feel like we could talk about feel like we could talk about this forever. Like it's so good. And I just, even as you're speaking, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much that you're sharing that I think is going to be helpful for so many people. So it's, and just to say that um, Nicole's internet has been spotty a little bit lately and it's been yeah. totally fine the whole time. Yay, we yeah. good. And God. we put the internet right under Mary's mantle. So yeah, obviously <laughs> our lady has a special love for you and <laughs> yeah. for Nathan, which is good. But um, I want to, I want to, I know you guys are going to mass soon. So, um, but you have a fun God wink to share with us. Sure. Is there anything else, first of all, that you want to share before we share the God wink or are you okay to head into mm. God wink? Yeah. I mean, I think just one thing to share is coming back to what we were talking about earlier that, mm. you know, wherever you're at in your vocation story and whatever that looks like and however old you are and whatever you're going through that, mm. um, just keep, keep praying, keep going to the Lord and, um, your path is not going to look like anyone else's path. And that is 100% okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to be, just to follow the Lord like that, you know, and go to counseling because it's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So a God wink. Yeah. So my God wink related to, it's kind of related to all this. So um, Nate, when Nathan proposed, um, 
he proposed after mass uh, on Sunday and, you know, we were just leaving the church and he knelt down and then he kept kneeling. And I was like, why is he still kneeling? And then he turned around and he had a ring and he asked me to marry him. Um, and it all kind of happened very quickly. And, um, and it was beautiful. And then we went out to brunch and anyways, it was, it was lovely, but because it happened so quickly um, and, you know, he was nervous. There is just a lot of things that, that afterwards I, that triggered all kinds of anxious thought patterns. Um, you know, I knew that he was nervous, which is like a uh, kind of normal for a guy who's proposing, oh, yeah. right? Like <laughs> that's normal, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm a highly empathetic person. And sometimes when I feel other people nervous, I, I feel nervous. And then I kind of get, so it, this is like all my whole self-knowledge stuff. Mm. Um, but anyways, I was a little bit struggling with, kind of being like, hey, what actually happened in that moment? And like, wait, did he actually want to propose? Or, or I don't know, just all of these crazy thoughts started running through my head. Um, and then there was this lady after, at the church and she came up to us after and she said, you know what? I was, I was randomly taking a picture of my husband who was like, you know, on the altar doing some, I think he was, had been serving that day or something. Um, and I, I caught the moment when, when you proposed, but I only caught his face. And so I have this picture uh, we have this picture that she, she shared with us of Nathan, like kneeling down and looking up at me and you can see kind of my hand in the picture and that's it. I have it. Um, er, yes. I shared it with these ladies. Yeah. Sure. You, you can want me to it hold it up. Sure. Okay. So here's, this is the picture. And so that's the guy that she's taking the picture of her <laughs> husband who's walking back. And then if I zoom in on Nathan's face, that is oh. a face of a man <laughs> in love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just like a face of a man who's totally calm, totally. Yeah, I mean, he was nervous, totally. but like totally settled and knowing what he's doing and confident in that. And all of these, whatever fears that I had picked up and whatever, all my stuff, it just, I, it was like the Lord, the Lord knows what I can handle and what I, what I need and just gave me exactly what I needed to say. Nope. Nope. Here's the picture. Here's the proof that this was yeah. that to remember, oh. to remember to have a, an accurate memory of that moment because mm -hmm. sometimes anxiety yeah. can distort your memory. Right. Um, and so that was, yeah, that was just a beautiful gift and little, my little God wink for today. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <So> yeah. <fun. laughs> Yay. I can't wait to see. And then we can put uh, update pictures of you guys, of your wedding photos. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Happy to share those. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for sharing. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, what it, that was a real gift. Like I feel, again, very edified by this conversation. <laughs> it's such a good thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and thanks to everybody who joined in this week. So we can say happy Easter. It is yeah. Monday today. So wow. uh, the joy of the Lord, hopefully um, you had a wonderful Easter and that you are still going to be in the joy of Easter, the octave of Easter for this eight days um and then next week is actually our season finale which is crazy yeah so, well, it's really crazy <laughs> it's so crazy <laughs> so we'll look forward to being with you all next week um and we're praying for you in the meantime god bless you guys god bless, god bless. bye, bye. bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.